0: What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movie Asteroid City. Here's a quick synopsis. Augie Steenbeck and his four children are stuck in military quarantine at the Junior Stargazer Convention after seeing a real-life UFO. The film stars Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, Edward Norton, Adrian Brody, Maya Hawke, Jeffrey Wright, Rupert Friend, Steve Carell, Willem Dafoe, Tilda Swinton, Liev Schreiber, Matt Dillon, Hong Chow, Jake Ryan, Ethan Josh Lee, Grace Edwards, Brian Cranston, Hope Davis, Stephen Park, Tony Revolori, and Margot Robbie. Standout performances. This is Jason Schwartzman's seventh movie with writer-director Wes Anderson and his third leading role in one of his films. His first film ever was the critical hit Rushmore where he played the pretentious teen Max Fisher. His role of Augie in Asteroid City for me rivals that one. His character is dealing with grief and the fact that he's now a single parent Swartzman Schwartzman has appeared in two of the best films of 2023 so far, Asteroid City and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. If this film gets you interested in the actor's career, I would recommend you watch Schwartzman's performances in the movies Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Saving Mr. Banks, Funny people, the Darjeeling Limited, and of course Rushmore. Schwartzman for me has been underrated for a while, and he has some big movies on the way: The Hunger Games prequel, The Hunger Games: Ballad of Songbirds, with Rachel Zegler, Tom Blythe, Viola Davis, Peter Dinklage, and Hunter Schafer. The last Spider Verse movie, Spider-Man: Beyond the Spider Verse, an upcoming comedy with Sandra Oh and Aquafina, Queer from director Luca Guadagnino, with Daniel Craig and Drew Starkey. And finally, Megaopolis, a film directed by Schwartzman's uncle Francis Ford Coppola with Adam Driver, Aubrey Plaza, Shia LaBeouf, and Forrest Whitaker. For the longest time, it felt like Scarlett Johansson's acting abilities were unrecognized by critics and audiences alike, even though she gave some of her best performances when she was younger, particularly in 2003's Lost and Translation, 2004's In Good Company, and 2005's Matt point just to name a few. Now we seem to be in a consensus agreement that she's one of the best actresses of this era and Asteroid City is yet another example of that. In the movie she plays Midge Campbell a Marilyn Monroe movie star type who is supporting her daughter at the convention. This is one of Johansson's best. Her scenes with Schwartzman are some of the year's best. There's one scene I love where they are talking about how they are not good parents. We will look back at Asteroid City as a top 5 Scarlett Johansson performance. Johansson's upcoming films include Project Artemis with Channing Tatum and Ray Romano, My Mother's Wedding with Kristen Scott Thomas and Sienna Miller, and the animated film Transformers Day 1 that includes a voice cast of Chris Hemsworth, John Hamm, Lawrence Fishburne, Keegan-Michael Key, and Brian Tyree Henry. Asteroid City is the first collaboration between mega movie star Tom Hanks and Wes Anderson and Tom Hanks is doing what Tom Hanks does best in Asteroid City, playing a stubborn nice guy. Wes Anderson really knows what's great about most movie stars. I recently watched his performance in A Man Called Otto, and Hanks was super impressive. He may not be breaking new ground with these characters, but very few actors could pull off that performance. In Asteroid City, Hanks is playing Stanley, Augie's father-in-law who's mourning the death of his daughter. It's always great to see movie stars work with Wes Anderson for the first time. Here are other movie stars I really want Wes Anderson to work with, Leonardo DiCaprio, Denzel Washington, Seth Rogen, Adam Driver, Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale, Robert Pattinson, Oscar Isaac, Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke, Matt Damon, Aubrey Plaza, Elle Fanning, Brad Pitt, Kate Winslet, Kristen Stewart, and Zoe Saldana. The other two supporting performances in Asteroid City I want to point out are Adrian Brody, a longtime Wes Anderson collaborator, and Rupert Friend who has worked with the director twice now. First, with Brody, Anderson knows a little of him goes a long way. He's always really funny in Wes Anderson movies. Rupert Friend is someone like most people I discovered watching Homeland. He's the perfect actor for Wes Anderson. He has no interest in being a leading man movie star, even though he's fully capable. He wants to be a character actor. Brody will next star in the movie The Brutalist with Guy Pearce, Alessandra Nivola, and Felicity Jones, and Friend will have a role in Wes Anderson. Anderson's next project, The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. The narrative around director Wes Anderson is that he makes the same movies over and over again, and that as a director, he prefers style over substance, and I disagree with both of those takes. Anderson, with his last two films, The French Dispatch and now Asteroid City, he's been really experimental with the plot structure. Yeah, early on, you can see the obvious connections between his movies, but lately, they are feeling largely different from one another in the best way possible. And in response to the style over substance claim, Anderson's one of the only directors nowadays that makes movies that are both funny and heartfelt. Another way Wes Anderson is evolving is he's becoming more prolific as he goes. He's making more films at a faster rate. From 2009 to 2014, he made three films, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Moonrise Kingdom, and The Grand Budapest Hotel. His last... Two films have come out in less than two years apart. He's got a movie in the can, The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Dev Patel, Ray Fiennes, Richard Iowate, and Rupert Friend coming to Netflix, and is going to shoot a movie starring Benicio del Toro. There's a real chance we get four Wes Anderson movies in less than three years, and I'm all for it. I would love a Wes Anderson movie every year. I did want to talk about the science fiction element of Asteroid City, but it's really subtle and really grounded. Anderson also uses the movie to comment on the craft of directing, writing, and acting. It's very meta, and they might confuse you and turn you off, but for me, it's Anderson nodding to the audience. He respects you. He knows that you understand the craft of movie making. Oscar chances. Jason Schwartzman should be in the conversation for Best Leading Actor in the nominations, and Scarlett Johansson should get her third Oscar nom. She has a a way better chance than Schwartzman in the end. I hope both get nominated. Anderson himself has been nominated for numerous Oscars, but he is yet to win. He, I think Wes Anderson is due to win for one of his screenplays. I would love for that to be Asteroid City. I do believe it's one of the best written movies of the year. But sadly, it does feel like the Academy is beginning to ignore Wes Anderson movies. The French Dispatch was nominated for zero Oscars. Jeffrey right definitely should have been nominated for best supporting actor for his performance in that movie and you might be thinking to yourself it's because Wes Anderson has become a niche thing but he really hasn't I mean Asteroid City had the biggest opening at the box office for any of his movies ever he is as popular as ever yet critics are now going against him I don't understand it I think Asteroid City is up there with his other movies and so where exactly does Asteroid City stack up against Anderson's other films. Here's my ranking of his filmography. Number 11, The Wife Aquatic with Steve Zuzu. A strange, ambitious movie I admire, but it feels too self indulgent. It's one of the times I felt like Anderson was forcing a movie to fit into his mold. I like everything that involves Bill Murray and Owen Wilson in this movie. I think Clay Blanchett is very good in this movie. This movie just feels like too much. This is his one movie where the selling point is the look of his movie, and that's not what I'm here for. I'm not here for the visual aspects of Anderson's movies. I think they are visually compelling, but the ones I like the most also have the plot to back it up, and The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou just isn't it for me. So for that reason, it's my least favorite of Wes Anderson's filmography. Number 10, Isle of Dogs, Wes Anderson's second stop motion animated film. It's very good and funny, but not super memorable. I do really love Bryan Cranston in this film. I really like his voice performance. You also have Bill Murray in there, Edward Norton, Jeff Goldblum, Scarlett Johansson. Isle of Dogs is a good movie, not one I want to revisit. Number nine is the Darjeeling Limited. Owen Wilson, Jason Schwartzman, and Adrian Brody are a really good trio, but the film is Anderson's most standard to date. And many people's least favorite Wes Anderson movie. I would disagree with that. There's something there when it comes to the Darjeeling Limited. Next up, coming in at number 8 is Wes Anderson's first film, Bottle Rocket. I know many love this film and it's a good first film for the filmmaker. I see it as a great showcase for the Wilson brothers, Owen and Luke, and not much more. It's a good movie, don't get me wrong, but I think it's the one of his movies I look at and I go, there's a lot of directors who could have made that film. I don't think at at that point, Wes Anderson had found his signature voice. Number seven, The French Dispatch. This one is a mismatch of stories with great performances from Jeffrey Wright, Adrian Brody, and Benicio Del Toro. I really enjoyed the back and forth between black and white and color. I just think there were some of the stories that I didn't really like. I wish there was more Owen Wilson in this movie in particular. Overall, it's a really good movie, not a great one. The sixth best Wes Anderson movie is Moon. Rise Kingdom. The performance I love the most in this film comes from Edward Norton. He's hilarious as a scoutmaster who's in over his head. I don't love this film as many fans of Anderson's do. Number five, this is where I put Asteroid City. It has everything in it I like about Anderson's movies. It's filled with stars giving good performances and it's got two of the best performances in Anderson's films with Jason Schwartzman and Scarlett Johansson. This movie may grow in stature over time in my estimation. Coming in at number four is Rushmore, the movie that revived the career of Bill Murray and gave us Jason Schwartzman. This film has the best dialogue of any of Anderson's film and one of his best female characters, Mrs. Cross, played by Olivia Williams. This is the movie where Wes Anderson found himself, not Bottle Rocket. This is the movie where Wes Anderson became Wes Anderson. Number three, The Grand Budapest Hotel. This features Ray Finds giving a career best performance that should have gotten him an Oscar nomination and it's got the most exciting plot in a Wes Anderson movie I would also say it's his best looking film, I also love the Jude Law parts in the beginning of the film, a lot of people give this movie credit for reviving Wes Anderson's career and I kind of agree with that to a certain aspect, I think this movie proved that Wes Anderson could make a critically acclaimed and box office hit at the same time. It's one of his most popular films. Number two, The Royal Tannenbaums, Anderson's most star-studded film. Gene Hackman gives the best performance in a Wes Anderson movie. Gwyneth Paltrow and Luke Wilson have both never been better. When people think about a Wes Anderson movie, they are usually thinking of The Royal Tannenbaums. It's also the movie that showed that Anderson could get movie stars to fit into his world, like Ben Stiller in particular. Ben Stiller was at the height of being Ben Stiller in this movie. He was one of the biggest movie stars in the world, yet he perfectly fits into Wes Anderson's oeuvre in The Royal Tannenbaums. He's one of the best parts of the movie. He has that great scene at the end of the film with Gene Hackman. It also has to be said that Danny Glover is fantastic in this movie during his scenes with Angelica Houston. Coming in at number one, the best Wes Anderson Anderson movie to date, The Fantastic Mr. Fox. Maybe it's because it's the first Wes Anderson movie I saw. It's my favorite. It's one of the best animated films of all time. I love the voice performances of George Clooney and Meryl Streep. It's the best adaptation of a Roald Dahl book. Anderson has really proven he's one of those rare directors that can make high quality films for kids. I mean, could you imagine Wes Anderson making a movie for Pixar? I think it would end up being one of the studio's best. I would love for Wes Anderson to make one of these Disney remakes or whatever because I really think he's one of those guys who could pull it off and make it feel like it's still a Wes Anderson movie. Fantastic Mr. Fox feels so Wes Anderson at the same time it feels like a Roald Dahl book. Many people compare Wes Anderson to Tim Burton and that is another way that those filmmakers are alike. They both have a great visual style and they also make great stop-motion animated films. Unfortunately, the year this was nominated for Best Animated Feature, it lost to Pixar's Up. It's hard for me to say Fantastic Mr. Fox should have beaten up. Do I like Fantastic Mr. Fox more than Up? Absolutely, but both are two of the best animated films of the last 20 years. So there you have it, my ranking of Wes Anderson movies. Here it is one last time coming in at number 11, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizu, number 10, Isle of Dogs, number 9, The Darjeeling Limited, number 8, Bottle Rocket, number 7, The French Dispatch, number 6, Moonrise Kingdom, number 5, Asteroid City, number 4, Rushmore, number 3, The Grand Budapest Hotel, number 2, The Royal Tannenbaums, and coming in at number 1, Fantastic Mr. Fox. And what's great about Anderson is he's yet to make a bad movie, so you could argue that many films on that list should be. Higher or lower than where they are It depends on what kind of Wes Anderson You're in the mood for He's one of my favorite directors And I truly believe he is a singular voice I don't believe that you can copy his style Like the TikTokers would have you believe I think there really only is one Wes Anderson And I believe he's one of the few directors That people go see movies for I do believe a studio should give Wes Anderson A boatload of money to make whatever movie he wants to make. Now, it's said that he failed with that. The Royal Tannenbaums was made by Touchstone. It wasn't a massive hit at the time, but it has grown in stature. I believe if you gave Wes Anderson a boatload of money, he could make a hit movie. I think people want to see Wes Anderson make a bigger movie than what he's made. The Grand Budapest Hotel was made for $25 million. Could you imagine what Wes Anderson could do with with a 100 million dollar budget like let this man make a mainstream box office film that only Wes Anderson could do now I don't want him to make a Marvel movie I want him to make a super expensive Wes Anderson film unfortunately I think Anderson is an example of how movie stars don't get movies off the map anymore I mean his films are filled with movie star after movie star I mean Asteroid City has Tilda Swinton in for about about 15 minutes or so. She's a massive star. She's been in the Marvel movies, but yet the movies aren't mega hits. I mean, again, the Asteroid City made the most money a Wes Anderson movie has ever made in its opening weekend, but it's far from being a film that's going to end up making a hundred million dollars. It will probably be somewhere between that 60 to 80 million dollar range. I also think it's worth mentioning that Wes Anderson is only fifty four years old yet. He's already made 11 films and he's got more on the way. I don't yet think we've seen the best of Wes Anderson and that's really exciting because he's somebody who knows what to do with movie stars. He has a signature style. He has a staple of actors that he works with over and over again. I for one want to see him make a movie where Owen Wilson is the lead of it again. I want to see Luke Wilson in his movies. There are also actors who had a small part in Asteroid City who I would love to see play a bigger role in one of his future movies Steve Carell in particular I love Steve Carell as a dramatic actor in Foxcatcher, I would love to see him be the lead of a Wes Anderson movie. That's what's really interesting about Anderson is he gets these mega movie stars to pop in for five minutes and you want to see more of them and because it's Wes Anderson there is a chance that he brings them back and gives them a bigger role. And there are those great movie stars that only worked with Anderson one time. You have Gene Hackman. I mean, that's one of my favorite Gene Hackman performances in The Royal Tannenbaums, but he only worked with Anderson once. Ben Stiller only worked with Anderson once. Gwyneth Paltrow only worked with Wes Anderson once. I'm really interested to see if Tom Hanks becomes a Wes Anderson regular. Margot Robbie has one scene in this movie. Will she show up in a future Wes Anderson movie. That's something to think about when you watch Wes Anderson movies. You want to see these movie stars work with him again and again and again, because I think the longer a person works with Wes Anderson, the better they are in his movies. Jason Schwartzman is a perfect example of that. Along with Edward Norton, Willem Dafoe, Adrian Brody, the list goes on and on and on. It's greedy for me to say, but I want every big movie star to get the chance to work with Wes Anderson because I just think he realizes what makes that individual a movie star in the first place and Asteroid City is a perfect example of that. He knows what makes Scarlett Johansson Scarlett Johansson. He knows what makes Tom Hanks Tom Hanks and he understands Jason Schwartzman better than any director working today. It's always great to talk about Anderson's past but the future is also really bright and Asteroid City proves that Anderson Anderson is still at the top of his game. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I highly, highly recommend you check out Asteroid City. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about the movie Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, starring Harrison Ford and Phoebe Waller-Bridge, written and directed by James Mangold. So tune into that, and please rate, review, and subscribe.